0: Before getting started, I have to give you an update on the uh, event for Notorious Bakersfield, the book launch parties that were scheduled for Black Friday. Those have been postponed to Sunday, December 3rd at 6 p.m. at Rusty's Pizza, 1500 Weibel Road. The author copies weren't delivered in time, so I had to postpone the party until December 3rd. But I'll let you in on a little secret. Notorious Bakersfield, the book is available for purchase right now on Amazon. Paperback and the Kindle version are both available. Just head over to Amazon and search for Notorious Bakersfield, the book. It's 19 dollars uh, The last time I checked, it's eligible for Prime, but Amazon controls that, so I can't promise you it will continue to be eligible for Prime. If you're patient and you want to wait to buy your book at the launch party, you can do that too. But if you buy it through Amazon, you can bring it to the party and I'll be happy to sign it there. To recap, the launch party for Notorious Bakersfield The Book has been postponed until Sunday, December 3rd at 6 p.m. at the Rusty's Pizza at 1500 Wyville Road. If you can't wait for the party, it's currently available for purchase at Amazon.com. Just head over and search Notorious Bakersfield The Book. If you've kept up on recent Bakersfield news, you're probably familiar with some aspects of the Bakersfield 3 story. It's a complex story with multiple people involved. It was a difficult story to follow in the news, but a recently released episodic podcast, the Bakersfield 3, helps guide listeners through this case with ease. Olivia LaVoice, a former Bakersfield crime reporter, explores this story in detail, She takes us along with her on this wild ride, complete with twists and turns and shocking revelations. I recently talked to Olivia about this very interesting podcast. This is The Bakersfield Three with Olivia LaVoice. The Bakersfield Three story started to take shape in 2018. At the time, Olivia LaVoice was an investigative crime reporter for KGT News. And she was all over this case from the very beginning.
1: The background, if you're not familiar with the case, is this is a story about three friends um, who either went missing or were murdered within a 30-day period. Um, Micah Holsenbake was the first of the three. Um, to go missing he disappeared at the end of march in 2018 and about two weeks later his friend james Colstad was murdered and then about two weeks after that their friend bailey despot vanished and i began looking into the cases in june 2018 Um, I got in touch with, and I had no idea when I first started looking into it that these three cases were potentially connected. It started with me looking into Bailey's disappearance and uh, Bailey's mom brought up, oh, well, her friend Micah went missing, you know, a month before Bailey did. So then I'm calling Micah's mom and then Micah's mom's telling me, oh, well, their friend James was murdered like in between these two disappearances. And I just thought, okay, wow. I don't know what's going on here, but this seems, you know, this is crazy. And I asked the three moms, you know, would, would you guys be open to um, all meeting in person and doing a story together? And they said yes, and Once the three moms got in that room together, they just became this unbelievable investigative team and it just took off from there.
0: There was a triple driving force that was keeping the Bakersfield Three in the headlines. The mothers of the three friends who were missing or killed. And Olivia embedded herself with these mothers. They trusted Olivia to tell their story and the stories of their kids through her reporting. Locally, there was a lot of interest in the Bakersfield Three. But it wasn't until Dr. Phil featured the story on his talk show, exposing it to a national audience, more people began paying attention.
1: I had already felt that there was a lot of interest in the case um, locally at that point. Up until the Dr. Phil show, the only media coverage on the case was really my local news stories, which, you know, we're talking like two and a half minutes, a story, right? Um, So it was the first time that the case had uh, not only been covered on a a national platform, but also in a way that it was uh, more in-depth coverage that really dug into the case. After the Dr. Phil episode aired, I I mean, it kind of took on a life of its own.
0: Looking for a gift this holiday season? Look no further. Notorious Bakersfield the book is now available for purchase on Amazon. Simply go to Amazon.com and search Notorious Bakersfield the book. Purchase your copy today. It makes the perfect Christmas, birthday, or housewarming gift. I asked Olivia why she chose to present this story through a podcast. In
1: 2018, I w- was listening to a lot of true crime podcasts and I just I personally really connected with that format, you know, when I would find a, a good podcast that really dug into a case where it focused solely on one case every episode. Um I just I just found that it seemed to me that there was certain freedoms um in telling a story in that format that would certainly be more challenging um, with TV. I mean, if you think about it with TV, every single thing you say, you have to have a visual that goes with it. And for some stories, that's really easy. And certainly for Bakersfield 3, there are so many, um, so many visuals. It's, It's a great story to tell in a visual format. But any case, I would say any case, if you're telling it through a podcast, it's it's just easier to go more in depth um, without having to, you know, make sure you have video for everything. And I also think that um, podcast listeners are more willing to, you know, sort of go on that ride with you to really dig into a case, right? I mean, it's the podcast is 15 episodes. I couldn't imagine there being a TV special that's 15 episodes did always have it in the back of my mind that I wanted to do um, long form coverage on the case, specifically a podcast. And the first um, outline that I made for the podcast was was in 2018 when i was still working at the news station i just started i just started thinking okay uh, if this were to be a podcast roughly what what are the topics that would be covered in each episode how many episodes would there be
0: another aspect of this story that olivia highlights in her podcast is the good that the three bakersfield mothers have done in the community for the community how their determination through their grief will benefit Bakersfield and Kern County. The Bakersfield Three Mothers raised funds to purchase underwater sonar equipment for the Kern County Sheriff's search and rescue crews, an important tool for Kern County citizens.
1: There are many drowning victims where it takes a very, very long time for their bodies to be recovered, and that is i think extremely extremely difficult for the families you know the family it's so important for them to have the body recovered they need you know they want to be able to give their loved one a, a proper burial or you know cremate their body they also need to know 100% right until you have located your loved one's body even if you 99% of you knows they're gone there's still that 1% that it was going to be wondering, and that just will drive you mad. So, um, so that equipment is crucial for for that reason. Um, and in addition to that, they have um, created a nonprofit that has raised over a hundred thousand dollars for the Secret Witness Program. And when they first um, formed their nonprofit, the Secret Witness Program was broke, which is a huge problem because. Really, one of the most important aspects of the secret witness program is to offer rewards um, attached to unsolved cases, in hopes that you know someone will call in a tip because they really need you know five thousand dollars or what have you. Of course, you want them to do it out of the goodness of their hearts, but we know that that's um, that's not always enough. That a financial incentive um, is often crucial. So for for the secret witness program to not have any funding to be able to um offer rewards for any of these unsolved cases it was you know that that's a huge part of of the program that just wasn't functional it just wasn't happening it has been um one of the greatest joys of my life to watch them I can't believe I'm getting emotional talking about it because I've said this a million times and I've had this thought a million times. Um, it, is, it has been such a gift to watch them overcome the things they have and then find ways to really, really give back to the community. Like They have just done so much for so many other families And I don't get, I don't get to see, you know, in my line of work, when you're covering so much tragedy, it's very rare that you get to see anything positive come from, you know, things that are so terrible. So, um, yeah, they're just, they're amazing.
0: I asked Olivia what she wanted to accomplish with the Bakersfield 3 podcast.
1: I had three main goals with the podcast. The first being I wanted to give people a glimpse into who Micah Bailey and James were how how they are remembered by their loved ones, um, which is I always say is how people deserve to be remembered, right their loved ones should should tell us you know what made them special, what made them you know so important to them um, we deserve to. The victims deserve that. And my second goal was to give a glimpse into the absolute hell that the mothers have been through, um, what they've endured, what they've overcome, and what they've done for the community. And the last goal is for enough people to hear the story and then hopefully talk about it, that it will help put pressure on certain individuals that I believe have information but haven't haven't come forward but hopefully will in the near future
0: I'm going to close with this clip from the Bakersfield 3 podcast
1: working in Bakersfield as a local news reporter was a unique time in my life I had a hunger and drive I don't think could ever be replicated I was a 20-something making no money, working often obscenely long hours, completely by choice, eating almost strictly microwave meals and fast food and spending way too much time making sure my fake eyelashes and hair were just right. I look back on the days where I'd wear heels and a dress while knocking on doors in a rough neighborhood in over 100 degree heat, desperate to find someone who'd give me a soundbite describing hearing gunshots, which, by the way, is almost always the same. I thought it was fireworks at first. And every time I'd get the soundbite, it was an accomplishment for maybe all of five minutes until the next breaking news event happened. And I loved every second of it. I lived and breathed it and felt a sometimes maddening need to be first, which is kind of the name of the game in local news, trying to break the big story meaning you're the first reporter to uncover the information. When I first started, I envisioned myself going to a local bar after work where there'd be a group of deputies having beers. They'd welcome me to join them, and I'd end up leaving every night with a big scoop. But that never happened. Not even close. I quickly learned that usually, if there's a significant event, like a homicide or armed robbery— All of us reporters hear about it at the same time through the police scanners we have blaring in the newsrooms 24-7. We then all race out to the scene, elbowing each other, trying to get as close to the yellow tape as possible. My old news director, Mike Trihey, used to say, you make your own luck. So we'd persist with the ritual of digging, coming up empty, and trying again another day. A built-in part of that routine for me at 17 News was to go to the courthouse once a week and look through search warrants. Doing this probably hundreds of times, I can only think of a few instances when I found a search warrant that was, to put it simply, anything good, anything we'd put on the news. 99% of the time, any search warrants pertaining to a case the media would report on are sealed by law enforcement. It's rare that one slips through the cracks and you're lucky enough to find it. Despite all this, something kept bringing me back to court to look through them, still having that glimmer of hope that one day I would find something big. That day came in early summer of 2018, though just how big, no one could have known then.
0: Check it out. You can listen to the Bakersfield 3 on whatever app you use to listen to your podcasts. It's really an incredible story. Olivia did a magnificent job of pulling together and presenting in a way that's easy to follow along. uh, Because it is a complex story. And she does a remarkable job of, of doing that. So remember, Notorious Bakersfield, the book, is now available for purchase on Amazon. Also, the uh, launch party, uh, Sunday, December 3rd at 6 p.m. at Rusty's Pizza, 1500 Weibel Road. This is Robert Peterson. Thank you for listening to this episode. I'll be back next week, next Tuesday, with another Notorious Bakersfield story. Until then, stay safe, stay out of trouble, don't become a future episode of the Notorious Bakersfield podcast. Have a good Thanksgiving.